0: Uh, So today on the Rock and Roll Ghost podcast, we have author Samantha Bennington, author of uh, Falling Love Notes, uh, currently out on multiple uh, formats, Uh, just recently released on an audio book, correct?
1: Correct. Yes, that was very exciting.
0: Yeah. Uh, How are you doing today, Samantha? Uh-oh.
1: I'm doing good. I always get oh. a little nervous. Okay. okay.
0: Yeah, no, no. You froze. That's all. It just
1: Okay. I think we're good. We have full reception here. Yeah, 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 um, you're good.
0: You're good. Okay. Yeah, you just yeah. froze for a second. Sorry.
1: Sorry about that. No, um, it's
0: so go ahead. You were saying you were good. <laughs>
1: I'm good. We're we're doing good given the pandemic and um, we're very excited that the audio's out. We were extremely a little disappointed because of the delays. So, we were a little, I think, 35 days delayed on the audiobook. So, we apologized to everyone out there, um, but it was out of our control. And it's the first time I've done an audiobook, and I worked with Ryan Green. He's an amazing producer, a music producer, and also works for Nickelodeon. And mm-hmm. I've just, it was an amazing experience to record an audiobook and kind of really connect with the fans was my goal um, or the readers. And it it was just an amazing experience I've never doing it before. And we had to record, we brought the studio into our home because LA was so on lockdown that my walk-in closet became a studio. So to have to record and being used to the music industry and as a producer myself, to have to record with a door you can't see through was extremely challenging, but we did it in two and a half days. We crushed it. Yeah, it was awesome.
0: (laughs) Well, it's for for people unfamiliar, if you could give us a little insight into what the actual what the book uh, entails, and uh, and I guess also tell you about your process of making it.
1: Thank you. I would love to share that. Um, my book really started approximately eight to nine years ago, and it's because of my life coaching. So, in my divorce, when I got divorced to my son's father, um, many years ago. I went back to school and became a life coach and I wanted to really help people because I've pulled myself out of really dark scenarios Mm -hmm. in my life and I can't talk about my clients because there's confidentiality agreements. So I thought, well, how can I share some of these tools that I've learned with the public and to help others? um by using myself as an example so i really took a reader or my my approach was to take a reader on a personal journey with me from beginning to end but i decided to start my journey at seven in the book so it was a very trauma experience that we open up the first chapter with um and then i actually since i was writing this for eight to nine years I had it finished in 2017. Um, Mm. It was going to be released November of 2017. It was a wrap. But unfortunately, our family um, had this devastating circumstances that made me regroup. And so I had to shelf it. I had to focus on my son and I and our healing when his father passed away. And we just had to focus on family. and, And then I brought it back. And when I went back to the book, I actually changed chapter five to chapter 12 and added chapter 13. Okay. So to honor his father and to honor, you know, our family and the friends um, and fans around the world that maybe wanted a little more insight. It's interesting yeah. because I don't read book reviews or any reviews because you can't make everyone happy. So some people love you, some people hate you. And I made the mistake the other day of reading my reviews. Um, But it was, it was beautiful though, because I realized I got amazing reviews from the audio, from the book. People loved my story. The ones that weren't happy with it, they wanted more of Chester and they wanted more pictures or they wanted you know, me to have more of a tell all, but it's really more of a life coaching book. And how do we survive as human beings? And how do we connect with each other and lift our vibration? And how do we, you know, survive a loss, whether it's loss of a a loved one because of a passing, whether it's loss of a job, how how do we get through these trials and tribulations of just life lessons? And that Mm -hmm. was really why I didn't want to stray away from my original story. Um, but I did have to honor our family and and the world. How could I not mention and bring him up? So mm-hmm. you have to. I mean, I was married to him. We have a son together. We owned multiple companies together. We've been in each other's life longer as alive than we haven't. So I've mm-hmm. known him since I was 22. And let's put it into perspective. I'm 49 now. Yeah. So, you know when you you have to honor that and and this was the way I found to help heal um for me it's been a very cathartic experience and i think it's been very healing for my son we talk about it all the time and giving him that free range to work on the art he's an artist and giving him full artistic mm-hmm. control was a very healthy move on my part as a mom um i just really trusted him and his ability and then we've got Chester's mom involved and she wrote something for the book and his sister got involved in, and his father loved it and read it. And so it became a family affair. Um, My AKA mom, aunt Jackie, she's the only female manager in boxing. She got involved. Draven's godfather got involved. Um, Steph from the Deftones. We're so proud of them and all their music that's come out. His godmother is involved. she works with me on a daily with this. um she's amazing. So it really became a a beautiful healing project for us, and I'm hoping that will be the case for all the readers.
0: That sounds pretty awesome actually. um thank you, you know, with with re- well with regards to um how do I put this? With regards to the fact that you know you you and Chester divorced at one point, you know you had your son with him, and then he remarried and had his own kids. Were you worried at all about focusing uh, too much at all on 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 your relationship with Chester because he had another family? Was there what what kind of thought process was that? Where you, did you go to his his uh, at the time present wife? and say, hey, I'm doing this, you know, what do you think or anything like that? I mean, what was that kind of uh, conversation, I guess, like if there was one?
1: There is no conversation between her and I. That's a really interesting question. I've not been asked that in press, um, but thank you very much for addressing that. When it comes to his children, all of them, whether it's my son or the second wife's son, or even his first girlfriend, kids i mean literally no matter what they're all going to grow up and this is part of their lives forever we can never get away from it so all my right. biggest thing and a factor for me is helping change the legacy and humanizing chester so that mm. he is not the face of depression mm-hmm. i don't want my son or his other children although that's you know hope they're being parented very well and and i mm-hmm. have nothing to do with that um now right. Right. um but my goal is is that they remember their father just like i can remember him or you can remember him or all the fans can remember him is that he's not the face of depression that he is a man he was a son a brother a father a friend um a musician a philanthropist he's done so many other things to identify with somebody with only one topic to me was not a healthy legacy for all the children that was my one major factor i um, asking permission from anyone to talk about my life journey and my life right. coaching would not have been an option, but Chester was very well aware of my book. Actually, he took me out to lunch a few times going, Hey, I heard a rumor. <laughs> Are yeah, you writing yeah. a book? You know, it's funny things, you know, um, it's interesting because when you divorce somebody, in that moment, it's so volatile. You're just like mm-hmm. butting heads. You're in a divorce. It's Oh, yeah. This is why you're splitting up. You're not happy. You're You're going through it. But then over so many years of co-parent counseling and just healing and maturing, and he got sober, and he was so healthy and clean, we were able to really communicate. I actually spent more time with him when we were divorced than even sometimes together. It yeah. was very... We were like... Planned weekends, planned visiting, um, planned vacations, whether we're traveling all together or not, or planned co-parent co apparent counseling for two to three times a week. It was a little yeah, exhausting. Yeah. So you get all that opportunity to forgive, to heal, to fight, to do everything in a safe, private, closed doors. And it was the healthiest. I'm so grateful for that opportunity and that time and that we put Draven first.
0: Yeah 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 um what you know and and if i could just ask a couple other questions related to this because it's just it's
1: is it done should i get ready it's it's, (laughs) it's just in my mind
0: (laughs) um well you know i mean did you get any did you get any feedback from his his uh at his wife at the time about about this in any way do you guys not really have any communication
1: i have protected us to the nature i felt that I needed to, um, actually Chester and I did it when he was alive and she can go, um, speak through my attorneys and then we'll, we'll have a conversation.
0: I got you. Okay. So it's, it's, it was, you were cool with, with him. It wasn't so maybe so much, uh, no,
1: her and I got along very well. I let them move into my house. Everything in my book is true. Um, but it, I don't focus on her she's not my story so no no i get out that. of respect yeah. for her you know?
0: I, I hear you i get you no i was just curious because you know the other part of my question was going to be you know now chester has you know he had um different kids and obviously your son's older now he can you know he's practically an adult he can do he
1: is an adult
0: he, yeah he okay he is Uh, Sorry, I forgot how old I I thought
1: 19. He just 19. 19. I I thought he was 17. I'm
0: sorry. Yeah, no, I'm 19. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely at at the age to be able to make his own relationships and work that out with his siblings.
1: Absolutely. You know, I raised Tyler. I helped raise Tyler um, from the age of two months to eight years old. Mm -hmm. And I very, very much love him. And that's my son's brother. Um, We will always for his siblings have an open heart, open mind and open home. So my son and I patiently wait with that love and hope that when the time is right and everyone's comfortable and everyone's healed and everyone's gone through their journey to get to wherever they can. That that would be lovely. Our home is always open for all the children. We love well, them. that's
0: that's nice. Um, I'm just curious. The painting behind you is that something? Uh, who, who did that actually?
1: Actually, a very dear friend of um, Monkey from Corn introduced okay. me to this amazing artist. And his name's Shannon, and he was in a 80s band called Cellophane. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but no. not only was he a, a singer for an 80s band, he's a phenomenal artist.
0: Okay, and yeah, it's very cool. And that's your son.
1: That's him. at So I took a picture to the house, and I said, Shannon, see this picture of him at, in preschool at three. I said, can we make his hair a little spikier and give me a retro 70s flare, you know? with it or 50s flare with it and this is what he came up with and if you want awesome. i can show you the original sure. and it almost yeah. is identical yeah. um draven could you be so kind and grab the picture of you <laughs> off the wall he's my assistant is in the background but he's like doesn't want to come on camera because he just no that's up. fine
0: that, that's <laughs> that's perfectly understandable
1: he's been doing so much art and working um to the bone he's been um interning with risk rock studios r-i-s-k okay. the artist and so nice. he's he's been putting in some hours and then putting in some hours with me and college. So
0: Oh wow. Jeez. He's,
1: he's like did. he he's got me and his dad's work drive.
0: Yeah.
1: So Draven at three.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. Nice and
1: Shannon is amazing because look at that face.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent.
1: So you can see okay, huh? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. It's a really <laughs> Thank it's, you. it's just Thank a cool you.
0: painting. Yeah. Um
1: if, if my house, because we live in California, the one yeah. thing I tell all our friends and family, no matter what you have in your home, right? Everything you have your memorabilia. So I said if you can take anything out, the only thing I care about is this painting. Yeah, yeah. it's it, this is my most precious art piece
0: yeah. in
1: our home. I it's really
0: it. nice. Yeah, it's a good it's a good backdrop for the interview too. Thank um, you.
1: You know, this is the first time I'm doing an interview right here in this spot. So. Oh
0: really? Oh good. Yeah. I feel okay. It's yeah. not, it's not a usual spot, so that's great. That's no.
1: I like to mix it up.
0: That's good. Good. Um, let's see here. Well, what 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 prompted the book to begin? I mean, you you talked a little bit about it. what prompted the the path towards writing the book. Um, and when did when did you start?
1: I started. It was it was nine years now, but it was about eight years when I about eight eight and a half years when I launched the book. I did take a hiatus, so I did. I wanted to write a book because a lot of people in the music industry. Jeff Blue um, inspired me back in the day with some artists that when we were on tour, I kind of was a mother hen on the road. So you know, Chester and I were the oldest, and we were the first ones in our group, um, in Lincoln park to get married or to have a child. And I just love being a little mother hen and a matchmaking everybody. I love everybody. I'm a people person. <laughs> so here I am on the road and I'd have artists come on and say, Sam, you know, I'm struggling with drugs or I need help, or I'm having a problem with my girlfriend or my wife or so-and-so or family doesn't understand. I'm gone all the time. You know, we have so many different, um, obstacles and adversities that you experience when you're launching careers and you're doing things for the first time in your twenties and you've got money and fame and all these things, you know, being kicked in your face and you're being pulled in a million directions. So a lot of people came to me and said, God, you've got a natural act. You just love people and you connect with them. You should think about being a life coach. And I thought, huh, well, in my divorce, I should go back to school and get another career. So I looked into it and I fell in love with it. And then I fell in love with writing, but I've never been a writer before. So I just started blogging for a woman's magazine, certainly hers.com. It's a, um, internet woman's magazine in Beverly Hills. And I just fell in love with it. And I fell in love with working with people. So I ended up on studios and movie sets and, just life coaching and mainly artists because that's who I was working with. So right. it was a natural gravitation. It's not like I wanted to be a life coach and only work with artists. Right. I'll work with anyone that if I can help them or provide some kind of tool to help them, that's what I want to do. So I fell in love with it. And then as time went on, I, everyone said, God, you should write you know, a book, but they all wanted a tell all Nice you know, I didn't want to do that. So I thought, I've never written a book. Maybe I should hire a ghostwriter. And I hired this amazing ghostwriter. Her name is um, Darby Connor, and she is wonderful. But the story became more about Chester and the band and not about my life coaching or life and the things that I really wanted to share. As a matter of fact, Chester's in my book now, unfortunately, because of what happened. He wouldn't yeah. have been in my book as much if it was the original take.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, however, God and universe sees fit to how it should all come into play and to help others. So what was interesting of a journey for me was when I read the story, I actually trusted the ghostwriter and she did a phenomenal job and got me a great deal. I mean, a huge deal with Phoenix Books. The owner is no longer, he passed away. But at this time, years ago, um, I was offered a $75,000 advance, a $50,000 back end publishing and royalties. It was a great deal. Nobody in literary really walks away from it. And I was at the signing table with Jay Cooper's, um, one of his attorneys, Kenneth Burry, who's they're all, they all work with me. And so I was with Kenneth Burry and my business manager, Stephanie Green, and we were at the signing table. And I looked at my business manager and Ken and said, I can't sign this. And they're like, why? Meaning I'm the last signature and champagne's about to pop. And I dropped the pen. Mm. I went back home and I shelved the book. My yeah. brother, sorry, I'm sorry. brother had a big injury. He stayed in my house so I could help take care of the board. He goes, let me read your book. Now my younger brother, David, he started screaming from bed. This is number one New York's bestseller. I love it. He was so proud of me. And I said, Oh God, did I just make the biggest mistake by not signing that contract? So yeah. I went and, and re- grabbed the book and I started reading it. But it was in a direction that would have sold, it would have made a ton of money. I probably yeah. would have had lawsuits up the yin yang because a lot of it was embellished. And I started shredding it and ripping it up. Now, when you invest money into a ghostwriter and you invest your time and your, you know, you invest your emotions, this is not an easy thing to be so raw and vulnerable. Right. I tried to salvage anything from the book and I rewrote everything on my own. But then it was boring. Yeah. So then I, squ- I then you, know, you shut it for a little bit, you creative again, you go back to it, and I wrote it and I was so proud. I had one to 12 chapters getting ready to launch it November 2017. Well, I don't have to share that unfortunate news, but yeah. the whole world got rocked on July twentieth of two thousand seventeen. So yeah. I couldn't even think about this process. It was like book. Uh, who cares? Let's yeah, just yeah, yeah. stick it away until until talking with family and talking with friends, and then I just started working on it and working on it, and I just really went into truth, and then I went and visited my little brother, David, and we saw one of his girlfriends, Summer, and she goes, Sam, and as we're talking, she goes, why don't you stick some letters in your book? And I said, you know, I like that idea, but I did it my way, so no ghostwriters, nobody. I wrote every word. I had a wonderful editor. Um, Yes, we had a couple typos in our first (laughs) editing. Uh, That's to be expected. Um, but I'm really happy with it because I tried to keep it about me. I know that was yeah. one of the bad reviews I got. Oh, she's such a narcissist. Her book's all about her. Um, it's called Memories of.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't
1: make everyone happy, but you. Do no,
0: that. I mean, and you're you're stating up front. It's not a t- it's not a tell all. It's not a uh, beginning to end. It's not, and it's not about. Um, it's not a book about your your you know ex husband. Um, you know, it's. It's, 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 you know, it's just, it's, the book is what it is. And, and sometimes people, and I, I, fall into this trap too, as a, you know, entertainment per, you know, watcher. I mean, sometimes I expect something to be one thing and I get mad that it isn't that thing. Um, we all do. Yeah. And just sometimes you just need to let things be what, what they are. Um, you know, but, um, that that's to be expected. I, I let let's talk about a little bit about your life coaching. Um you obviously, you know, you went to school for it and you because people from the industry who you were dealing with, uh with your connection to, you know, the, uh Chester and in the band. Um it, it obviously working with artists makes sense because of your knowledge of the inside of the entertainment industry. Is that, is that still primarily uh, what you do?
1: It really is because um, for artists, I feel like they have a very hard time trusting people. You have Mm -hmm. a lot of yes, men. you have a lot of executives, you have a lot of people with an agenda. So when I'm an ex-wife who's been there from ground zero from like grade A's to through, the end of Lincoln park and continuing into gray days. I think they have that trust factor because I understand what it's like to be on the inside. That makes it a very right out the gate. There's a trusting foundation, but I don't just work with artists because there's clients out there who are housewives, like even marketing this book. I specifically said to my marketing team, can we please not market to the music industry? I'm really trying to use this story to help heal the fans that are fans of any music will already follow if they choose to, but I would really like to reach, you know, moms or wives or executives or people um, no matter whether it's female or male, I wanted to reach people around the world with these tools, not just the music industry. So mm-hmm. I do choose my clients. I'm I'm very blessed that I don't say yes to everyone because I also believe in um, psychology. I have my psychology major and I know that when we're dealing with the past, we need therapy to help us deal. So I'm going to use me as an example again. Okay, when Chester passed When Chester passed away, I didn't call another life coach. I called our family therapist and said We need to get in for co-parenting. I need it solo. Draven needs it solo. We need it collectively and we'll work until we feel we're at a stable place, but it's my past. Now that I'm working on my present, which was the book, and we're presently in the middle of launching this eight to nine year project, I started reaching out to my life coaching and my Theta Healing Friends and, and community, because I'm working on the present and I'm working on goals for the future. So I think that that's very important as a new client is where are they in their life fit? I also know I'm unconventional. I cuss. I, I'm pretty um, outrageous. I'm, I'm raw. I'm in your face. I, I will do the work with my client. So when I work with them and take them on. I really need them to be 100% accountable and working on their goals because that's how much I'm going to give them. But not everybody's a right fit. You also have to know your personalities. And so if it's not right for me and I know I'm going to be a little more aggressive, then maybe I send them to another life coach that I think will match their personality and their their softness or their caress that they're needing at that point in time in life. Everybody's, you, you know, and I think that just comes with, I'm very blessed. I'm pretty worldly. I've traveled the world. Um, I've been put in a lot of different scenarios. This is my most uncomfortable thing. doing an interview. I have no desire to be or be in front of the camera. This is the hardest thing for me to really? public speaking and interviewing. It's yeah, you just have to really I just have to kind of meditate. I did yoga. I have to de-stress. I go through this whole process, whatever it gets me to be able to talk to you right now. So okay. there's all these tools that I even have to push through on a daily basis, just like everybody else. We're all human. But if we yeah. do things together and we work together, think about how much we can accomplish.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So well, to
1: me, also, that's the fun side.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I also say, I, you know, I also say that it's like, I think, people are generally better at helping others than they are helping themselves um, oftentimes
1: generally for me though because I use myself as an example I yeah. walk the walk I take well you're, you're so a little much bit pride. More,
0: yeah you're a little bit more skilled because you've you've done you've gone to school for it and I mean but I, I'm sure there are people in therapy or you know in, in whatever uh, that that actually do, do it as a profession uh, that still have their own issues and they have to go see somebody themselves. Uh, but what I'm saying is just, just like, you know, like I I have the ability to sit there and look at someone coming to me with a problem and see their issues and, and generally help them, you know, like figure it out. Me, I just, you know, I just run around like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like I'm running oh call
1: me honey I'll do it for free come on
0: (laughs) call me Um,
1: anytime (laughs) I don't even you know
0: honestly like yeah with myself well I don't want to get into myself but
1: no. But uh, I have to agree with you and I'm sorry to cut you off no no no, that's fine it's always easier because when you're in it right even when I'm in it you're in it you're you're in that rabbit hole yeah it's it's so much easier to look at somebody else's situation and go oh I could see clearly because you're not in it
0: right Um, right
1: so in your defense we all go through that oh yeah
0: yeah well that's again that's why i was getting about because i mean i i I have my own issues with uh depression and anxiety and stuff Mm. and some sometimes i don't even know what triggers it uh there there have been times in my life where i've known what the deal was but there are times where my anxiety kicks up and i'm like i'm not thinking about anything negative i mean there's nothing work isn't stressing me out what you know what have you it's just like all of a sudden i'm you know, I get that that panic attack thing, and I don't even know what's going on. You know. Well,
1: I'm going to say this because this has been coming up quite a bit. Um, look at the world we're in right now. Yeah, we're in this true. pandemic, and everywhere, wh- no matter where we live in the world, right? Every um, state is handling, or different countries are handling this differently. So energetically, if you believe in energy, we're all connected through energy. Oh, to some
0: degree, yeah, sure. Right.
1: So not to sound like a cuckoo bird, but like we're all connected, you know, in energy. So if the whole world is feeling this energy at such a a high level, sometimes anxiety is going to creep up even when you don't realize where it's coming from. It happens to me. And I'm not, I don't have depression. I don't have anxiety normally, but yesterday I had a panic attack. I, um... And I didn't know where it was coming from. And I realized, cause I meditate all, I meditate every night um, mm-hmm. before I go to bed, just something that helps me sleep. It's something, it's a tool that works for me. And I literally had to meditate last night. Cause I was like, I had a panic attack. I went into a nail salon mm-hmm. to get my, I normally have claws just to have a little pretty for you. And that's I have only so been <laughs> in a nail salon twice in this pandemic. And I realized being inside and being around other people, even though I'm vaccinated um, and I'm wearing my mask and there's shields and everyone's protected. I wasn't used to being in a inside a building Mm -hmm. and they had all the windows open and the door open. I actually got up and walked out. I had that much of a panic attack. So even when we don't have these, uh, when we're not fighting natural, it's very normal. Most people have it, but I feel it's environmental. Um, mm. My son's godmother and I, we talk about it all the time. We're in Los Angeles. It's environmental. We went through an extreme lockdown. So yeah. each city and each state and each country is operating differently. So give yourself a break to all the listeners out oh, there. Everybody yeah, yeah. be kind to yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: it's it's been, it's been a long road, especially this year. but Yeah. It, your 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 point about it just being uh, uh, the energy around you could be could be a thing. Because normally when I get when they happen I get it, and I, honestly I haven't really um, done much of anything inside yet. I've been vaccinated too, but I I know that you can still get it somehow. Right, you, know, you can still pass it on, and I don't want to. I you know it's I'm very. You know, it's I, scary,
1: I right? It is, it is. So what I'm hearing from friends, family, clients, this is how I even personally feel. I'm scared of the virus. I was scared of the vaccine. I was scared not to get vaccinated. Then mm-hmm. I was terrified when I got my first shot. Then I was terrified after. I mean, I was scared when my son got vaccinated. I was scared when our family, like we don't know how it's going to affect. So we're all operating on fear-based um, yeah. Situations in life that no one has ever faced before. Yeah. It's really, I mean, not to, I, I can't even understand. Our zone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I, I do want to just get to a couple other areas. Absolutely. Uh, how, how, How has your work, uh, been affected by the past year? Do you do this sort of thing where you're, you know, conferencing in with people? It's
1: really interesting that you say that because I'm used to being on a TV set or in a music studio, or, uh, you do interviews in a radio station or you're, you know, you meet somewhere. Um, for me to work in a music environment, a life coaching environment by Zoom and doing interviews this way,
0: yeah.
1: at first, I hated it. I have to say it, it was so impersonable to me, And but now I'm a little used to it, and I feel yeah. like we're super connecting, so I think it's the wave of the new future to keep everyone healthy and safe and comfort zones, so it's okay now. The delays have been hard um, with shipping. I can't do a lot of translations right now because a lot of different countries are operating differently. So that's frustrating for, you know, the fans that maybe don't speak English in South America or I want to do translation in Japanese. I want to do Portuguese. I I mean, we have so many things that we would like to, you know, so many people we'd like to reach because it's really about the healing and the connecting for my book. That was my goal. It wasn't, again, a tell-all or music industry book, but for producing music, it's been challenging as well because a lot of people aren't comfortable in studios yet, 100%, and you can only have so many. So really, I've kind of just been focused on this project. Um, We still can't do a book tour yet. We're just starting to book I can announce it. You could be the first person I okay. can announce it. We haven't gone public with it yet, but on June 13th in Malibu, California, at a location called Hiptique, it's a clothing store. Draven and I are going to do the very first signing together. Okay. And I don't think he's going to normally do signings with us, maybe here and there for his artwork. But we thought for the first one, he really wanted to support mom. And I'm so grateful because I always get nervous. Yeah. And... So we're going to do it in our own hometown and our community and really try to do our first out in public. It will be outside. Um, so everyone's comfortable and we can share a, a part of our love with whomever wants to come and meet us and join us and say, hi.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's, um, uh, you know, and having, you know, we all suffer our own loss and I, I, um, uh, not sure how to say this. I just, I, I, I definitely want to extend, you know, my, uh, condolences to you and, and your son, uh, especially cause I mean, that's, you know, that's, um, it, it's just, it's a difficult Thank thing you. to deal with, you know, um, and I don't know, it, you know, honestly, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking about the person I lost and it's been a while, but it's like, you know, just that, that stuff, it just it doesn't does. go away. no. No.
1: And, and, you know, it's, I'm hearing what you're saying literally when people say to us sometimes, well, it's almost been four years, but for us, it's like four days or four seconds. No. It's, it's such a major loss and yeah, uh, uh, for both of us, but for the kids, especially.
0: Oh yeah. That, that's that, that, a special hard part.
1: It, it like rips my heart apart. And yeah. my son and some of the kids, they didn't just lose their father, they lost some of their siblings. It's very yeah. unfortunate. Um,
0: he was the glue to whole kind of putting that stuff together, it seems.
1: Well, yeah, he was. he's the main one in common, you know, he's he, the yeah. father to all of them. So, yeah. um, you know, I've opened my door to the family yeah. Once I'll always keep it open, but only with kindness and love.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I, I think that's a good. That's a pretty awesome place to end, actually. And thank you. I really appreciate you taking this time today, Samantha. And I, I all the best to you and your and your son. And with the book, uh, hopefully, you get all those translations shipping out the doors as fast as possible. The good luck with the book, and and stay safe and, all you know everything good.
1: Stay no, safe sure. and healthy, and you asked me some really hard, um, significant questions, I'm grateful. Thank you,
0: thank you. You have a great rest of your day.
1: Okay, you too. Right. Ciao.
0: Bye. Bye.